many parents had kids that started back to school this week? Anybody here have that? First week of school is always exhausting. I'm always so tired every morning. How many of you have them starting back this week? Anybody have them starting back this week? All right, well, this will be your week of being tired. Uh, as you get back in your routines and so excited, it's going to be great. Hey, before we do anything else, I'm going to look straight into the camera and welcome all those that are watching online. Come on, Heartland family, help me welcome them to church today. We love you guys, whether you're traveling or gonna listen or watch later this week or you're watching from out of state. We want you to know how much we love you and appreciate you and thanks for being a part. Let us know where you're watching from right now. Uh, type it in the chat. Uh, we're so thrilled that you're watching online today. Today's a really neat day. I'm really excited to have a new voice uh, to our church to speak into uh, your lives. Uh, a few weeks ago, Pastor Dan and I were talking and we began to talk about uh, this amazing couple, the Muncies, and how it would be great to have them in the middle of August in this particular time of the year to come and speak into our church. And uh, Phil and his wife live in California, but they lead what's known as the Champions Network uh, of churches uh, all around the, literally the world in America for uh, Lakewood Church and Pastor Joel Osteen. They work very closely with Pastor Joel, and uh, he is a pastor of pastors. You know, uh, I'm, I'm excited about having Phil and Jeannie because they are apostolic voices. Some of you don't know what that means. It just means a fathering voice. They, they really are spiritual fathers to churches. Uh, they are working with pastors all the time, and they have such a unique gift and a ministry for the body of Christ. And we need that anointing and that ministry on our house, everybody, on this church. And so one of the things we do, I taught you this this summer, is we honor up, we honor down, we honor all around. Come on, as they come today, will you just please stand on your feet and welcome uh, Phil and Jeannie Muncie as they come today. Hey. Thank you. Thank you, everybody. God bless you. You may be seated. Thank you for that warm welcome, and we are thrilled to be here. It's going to be a wonderful day today and tonight, and of course, we feel like that we are family. Uh, we, we go back so far, we don't remember when we met. We were probably just at a campground somewhere and, and exchanging uh, uh, baby talk, but uh, it's great to be with uh, Pastor Dan and Becky and the whole family and all of you, and thank you for the honor to be with you today. Uh, Jeannie and I have been married for 43 years, and um, somebody once said, what's it like being married to the same woman for 43 years? I have no idea. She's been at least seven different women in the time of our, and I got the best version of her now, and, uh, but it's a, a great thrill for us. Uh, we pastored for 30 years, and then we were set out to be pastorized. I don't really know what that means, but... And so we do have the opportunity to serve uh, pastors and churches, and so we're b very blessed. So we both pastored together, and uh, it's been a, an incredible adventure. But I know, Jeannie, you're excited about being here. It brings back a lot of memories. And Yes, it, yes, it does. Um, he said he's been married to seven different women. You know what it is? I just give him a run for his money. <laughs> Wait just a second, though. He doesn't have any money. <laughs> <laughs> Let me say this. It's a great joy to be here today. 
I thought as we were worshiping together, what a beautiful expression of worship I mm. felt in the house. I felt Jesus here today. And that's the most amazing thing. There's nothing like going somewhere and the atmosphere is not right. But the atmosphere is ripe here today for a miracle to take place in your life. Mm. It doesn't matter where you're at or where you've been or where you're going. So everybody needs a miracle at some point in their life. And he is here today mm. to bring a miracle to your life. When you just begin to call on him, it doesn't, again, it doesn't matter where you come from or where you are, but when you begin to speak his name in faith, knowing that he is able, he will bring it forth. That's how good he is. So today, as you put your, your um, let your hunger arise and just come out, I know that whatever you seek the Lord for, he will bring it to you. The word says if you ask him for bread, he won't give you a stone. So we're asking him for the bread of life mm. today. We're asking him for miracle. We're asking him for signs and wonders. We're asking him for an outpouring of his spirit. We're in a season where we need God more than ever That's before. Right. And this past year and some odd months has just shown us our worlds can turn upside down and topsy-turvy and, and all the norms are gone. But that's okay. God never changes. He says, I'm right here. I'm ready to take you into a new season with wonderful new things. So today, let's go there together and let's see what God has for us. Amen. Beautiful. Thank you, Jean. So today's going to be a great day. I'm, I just right off the bat want to tell you tonight will be a really fun night uh, as we just really give the, the Spirit of God a chance to do uh, what He loves to do. You know, the Holy Spirit's filled with gifts, gifts of miracles and healing and words of knowledge and words of wisdom. And so I'm very much looking forward to tonight. It's going to be quite in a wonderful experience. And today what I want to share with you is how to live the Spirit-filled life, and we're going to talk about the pattern to God's presence. So to me, and thank you, by the way, very good, uh, Devin, nice to meet you, and uh, love the music. How many enjoy the atmosphere that's been created in our church culture? Thank you so much. And let me just say this to you. Um, we have churches, especially in California, that have not yet started back up again. So, you know, for you all to have such a healthy environment, while wow, a great crowd here today, uh, I can tell you that most churches are around 30% back to normal if they're even started, especially out in California. So you, I'm looking today as I come in here and I see the health of the dream team, I see the joy, the music, I see your faithfulness. I'm like, you guys are way ahead of the curve. And uh, thank God for that, because we are about to see a mighty move of the Spirit in this country. And, uh, and so I uh, just want to congratulate you for your faithfulness and, and just for the health that I feel in the house, uh, both by being with your uh, pastors, both Pastor uh, uh, Dan and Becky that we were with last week, and then to be with the pastor of the house uh, last night. It's wonderful. So, you know... It really is an incredible time of which we're living in. And more than ever, we need a connection and need to understand um, what it really means to be spirit-led and to be spirit-filled. Now more than ever. And my 
purpose today is to help you and to encourage you to recognize that this life, the spirit-filled life, is really the way you were designed to live. We were made to live in and for the presence of God. From the time God made man and in the garden each day when God met with Adam and Eve, that was in fact when our humanity is best understood, experienced and explored when we are in the presence of God. It is not weird, it is not awkward, it is not something way far off. In fact, we're body, soul, and spirit, and the core of who we are is spirit. Our bodies change all the time. In fact, they say outside of the skull and the teeth and a few main bones, every seven years there's not one physical part of you that existed seven years previously. So every day, new cells, and the new cells for those, I'll be 65 Tuesday. And the new cells are the old version. So essentially, physically, what you're seeing and what I'm touching is not really me. It didn't exist seven years ago, and I'm constantly changing. So that's not me. My soul, my thought patterns, and my will and my emotions, they are certainly connected. But at the core of who I am is my spirit. That's who I really am. I'm reminded of the story of the four-year-old boy whose baby sister just came home three days old from the hospital. And he walked into the baby sister's room and the parents were paying attention because the camera and the monitors were on. And the little boy leaned over to his sister and said, Sis, tell me about God. I've almost forgotten You see, in ways that I cannot communicate and certainly can't comprehend, Paul told Timothy, Timothy, before time began, before the first tick-tock, you existed with God. God called you, gave you a divine purpose, even before time began. In Jeremiah 1.5, Jeremiah is told these words. Jeremiah says, God, I knew you before you were in your mother's womb. I can't explain that except that I know that we've come from eternity. We will return to eternity. And somehow at the very core of who we are, we are spirit. And we are our best self when we are, in fact, in the presence of God. And so... Sometimes we just forget. Sometimes we become so intoxicated with life. Actually, Luke says, don't be drunk on the cares of life. Life and all of the stimulation that we are faced with, advertisement, all of the things that are people are creating ideas to get our time, to get our money, to get our attention so that we buy things we do not need with money that we do not have to impress people we don't even like. (laughs) And there's such an overstimulation that we become numb and number to our spirit. And we find ourselves really disconnected from who we really are. And when we talk about the spirit-led life, 
the spirit-filled life, we're actually finding that that is where, in fact, the best you is discovered. The best you becomes experienced and explored. So the spirit-filled life is that of which we often have to stir up. We have to bring ourselves into a deliberate intention to connect. Because if we don't, we will drift from that gift by default. And somehow, I don't know how to explain this totally, but it's as if the Holy Spirit, which by the way, if you're here today, it is the result of the Holy Spirit. It's so important for you to understand that no man can come to God, including the journey of coming to God by maybe even being here today, even as a guest, except by the Spirit of God. So you don't wake up one day and say, man, I think I want to be a Christian. Oh, no. The Holy Spirit is tracking you, setting you up. You, you're, you are at the, the mercy of a God that's after you. Years ago, we used to say, I found it. No, you didn't find it. It found you. And you woke up one day and realized, oh, my Lord, how did I get here? Because the Holy Spirit has been talking to you, leading you, setting you up. You can't even say Jesus is Lord, but by the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit is very much at at work in your life. But what we're told to do is stir it up. Don't neglect it. Be filled. In other words, it's a constant awareness of God's presence that we must be engaged in. Sort of like if we don't, the Holy Spirit goes into sleep mode. And it's almost as if we don't have the Holy Spirit because we're not paying attention, we're not being filled, we're not being awakened, we're not paying attention, and as a result, we drift, and the next thing you know, everything is about the flesh and the, and the effort and humanity and life. And all the while, the Holy Spirit is saying, let me be your helper. Let me show you things, give you a perspective of things, give you the power to live a life of which you were designed to live. That's what it means to be spirit-led and spirit-filled. And so it becomes part of the deliberate intention of our life to say, Holy Spirit, fill me. Holy Spirit, lead me. Holy Spirit, guide me. Because this is where, in fact, we live our best life. Now, the question is, so how how do we actually activate? How do we actually get this life where we're filled with the Spirit, where we're being led by the Spirit, where we're getting a sense of God's values and God's kingdom and God's will? Well, let's talk about it for a few moments. We'll call our talk today, The Pattern to His Presence. Say that with me. The Pattern to His Presence. Because there's actually a pattern of which we are all supposed to be following that gives us access to the presence of God. So even God is everywhere, and even though the Holy Spirit is dwelling in us, there's actually a protocol a pattern that we follow that allows us to experience this spirit-filled life. 
Now, I'm going to take some of our teaching from the book of Hebrews because uh, rumor has it you guys have been reading from Hebrews. So this is a great point for us to connect on. Now, Hebrews is a great book, those 13 chapters. Hebrews is one of my favorite books in the Bible. In fact, Hebrews, I believe, is like the Reader's Digest version of the Old Testament. In other words, if you'll read all 13 chapters over and over and own it, about everything you need to know about the Old Testament is actually wrapped up. It's the Wikipedia version of the Old Testament. And pretty much everything you need to know about God and how God thinks and how he operates and how he worked with the children of Israel and how the transition happened into the new covenant, it's all found in those 13 chapters. So in this, we find the pattern to God's presence. So it starts in Hebrews chapter 8, and we'll read a little bit and get a few scriptures uh, in our spirit. So now, this is the main point of what we're saying. So he's, he's uh, talked for seven chapters, and now he's getting to his main point. Sounds like a preacher, doesn't it? Yeah. Now, this is the main point of what we're saying, beloved. We have a high priest. There were a high priest in the Old Testament. And you'll see what that means and how that works. Who is seated to the right hand of the throne of the majesty in the heavens. A minister of the sanctuary or the tabernacle, the true tabernacle, which the Lord erected and not man. And I'm going to skip through some of these verses, so uh, just follow me on the points here. Next. So he goes on and says, who serve the copy and shadow of the heavenly things. In other words, everything in the Old Testament and the things about the tabernacle and some of the stuff that we're going to just tap into just for a few moments are a copy or a shadow of the way things actually work in the real realm of the Spirit, in the heavenly realm. As Moses was divinely instructed when he was about to make the tabernacle, for God said, see, you make all things according to the pattern shown you on the mountain. So there is a pattern to get to God's presence. Next verse. I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah. Next verse. For a tabernacle was prepared. Now this is now going back, trying to give us a a model, a mindset. Was prepared, the first part, in which there was a lampstand, a table, and showbread, which is called the sanctuary. And behind the second veil, the part of the tabernacle, which is called the holiest of, of all. Which had a golden censer in the Ark of the Covenant. Don't be too bored with this. This is just, I'm going through this quickly, fast forwarding. Overlaid on the side of gold, which was the golden pot with the manna, Aaron's rod that budded, and the Ten Commandments. And above it were the cherubim of glory, overshadowing the mercy seat. Mercy seat. Of these things, we cannot now go into detail. Now, when these things had been thus prepared, the priest always went into the first part of the tent, or the tabernacle, performing services, but the second part of the high priest, a a high priest went alone once a year, but not without blood, which he offered for himself and for the people's sins committed in ignorance. The Holy Spirit indicating this, that the way into the holiest of all was not yet made, manifest while the first tabernacle was still standing. It was symbolic of the present time. But Christ came as a high priest of good things to come. Say, good things to come. 
with a greater and more perfect tabernacle, not made with hands, that is not of this creation, not with the blood of goats and calves, but with his own blood he entered the most holy place, the most holy place, having obtained eternal redemption. Can I read a few more scriptures? How much more shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself without spot to God, Cleanse your conscience from dead works to serve the living God. Oh, just a few more scriptures. For God has not entered the holy places made with hands, which are a copy of the true, but unto heaven itself, now to appear in the presence of God for us. Wow. Therefore, brothers and sisters, having Christ as your high priest... Therefore, having the eternal spirit, having offered a sacrifice so that you don't have to be conscious of your sins, for Christ has absorbed and wiped out the condemnation and consciousness of your sins. Now, you have boldness to enter into the holiest by the blood of Jesus, a new and living way which he consecrated for us through the veil that is through his flesh. Wow. This is now the teaching which gives us a kind of a foundation of God told Moses, there's a pattern to my presence. I'm going to give Moses a model. You know, have you ever seen a model of a home, a model of an architect? So they write up the blueprints, and then sometimes they'll actually make a model so you can actually see a smaller version of it. It's like, oh, wow, I get it. Oh, that's going to look like that. I see. So God has a access to his presence that's in this room right now, when we understand the protocol, we can experience heaven in our lives right here, right now, if we can just grasp the protocol or the pattern. So simple terms, it worked like this. And I thank you for paying attention. This is a little boring. But if you get this in your mind, in your heart, you'll be able to take a hold of the presence of God and get access to what we believe God has sent us as a mandate to bring to you today. And that is heaven is about to invade your world today. I don't know about you, but we've had too much hell. For almost two years, we've had too much hell going on in our country, in our world. Some of us with our health, fighting all kinds of battles. We need to get the hell out and get the heaven in. I just wanted to say that. I mean, that's a legal way of saying that. And it just, it just feels good, you know, right? Hell is bad. Hell is no good. Hell is what brings some pain to all of our lives, and we need to get the hell out and get the heaven in. Oh, I just love that. I, I, I might find a way to say that again in a few minutes. And the fact of the matter is, is because God is everywhere, you are right now, according to the Scripture, that the heavens is His throne and the earth is His footstool. You're actually in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. You are actually in the presence of God now. All you need to do is figure out how to connect the dots and follow the protocol so you can get the head out of the heaven in. All right, no more. Enough. <laughs> Grow up, Phil. All right. So just in simple terms, when God gave this to Moses... Imagine, here's what he did. 
he built, he was to build a tent of a wall. It was like a sheets, about six feet tall. It was about the size of half of a f- football field. So imagine a football field right in your mind. Cut it in half and then put a tent about six feet tall or a sheet really to cover a gate that would surround it. That gate was to both project that what was inside was important and also to protect anything that didn't belong in there from coming in there. Once you walked into the tent, this tent that was uh, a sheet six foot tall, and you pierced through that veil, you would look at this half of a football field and see an altar. That's where the sacrifices would be given. Then past the altar would be a laven of water, a laven of water that the priest would prepare their hands. And then beyond that was a tent divided in two. The tent was the first one, 30 feet by 15, and then a smaller tent 15 by 15, all right? Now, why is that important? Because that's the pattern of which we're going to experience in the next few minutes and tonight. And that is, there is an external, internal, then eternal protocol and process to experiencing heaven on earth. External, internal, eternal. And you can't get to the eternal until you have gone through the protocol of the external, internal, then the eternal opens up to you. It's a simple pattern, but it's a pattern that God told Moses, be careful, do it the way I tell you, because there is access And there is a pattern. So what does that mean to us? Because the Bible tells us that we now are, and I'm going to skip those that are handling the PowerPoint. I'm going to skip John 14. But the Bible tells us in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 7, that we are now the tabernacle of God. Would you say those words with me? Say, we are the tabernacle of God. So God no longer is in a tabernacle made with man's hands, but actually God has made his abiding place, his tabernacle, he has made it in the hearts of man. That's where God dwells. That's why he told his disciples in John 14, we're not going to go there because of time, but that's when John said, when, when, when Jesus was hinting that he was going to leave and that there was a big transition about to happen and the disciples were like freaking out and Jesus said what? Don't be troubled. Yeah, that's real easy for you to say, Jesus. Not just for a moment. Let me capture your imagination with the idea of how cool would it have been to live during the time that Jesus lived. Let me see your hand if you think that would be cool. Yeah? Yeah, it would be. Can you imagine getting up in the morning? Okay, Jesus, what are we going to do today? Well, we're going to mess up some funerals. We're going to have a banquet and feed about 5,000 men and their children and their wives. And uh, let me see what else we'll do. Oh, we'll probably see some blind eyes open. Oh, we're going to, and we're going to make the religious people really mad. Woohoo! Let's go. 
Can you imagine for three and a half years being able to get up every day and look at the face of Jesus, touch Jesus, Jesus touches you, and can you imagine, go there with me, just grab your mind and go with me, and living with Jesus for three and a half years, and every day walking within his shadow, walking within his footsteps, how cool would that be? And then he says to you, I'm going away. No! No! If you go away, we're going to have to go back to the boring, terrible life that we had before. No, don't go. What does Jesus say? Jesus says, chill. Don't be troubled. I'm going to go away, but I'm going to, follow me, prepare a place for you. Now, immediately your mind goes to heaven. Immediately you think, oh, yeah, he's talking about heaven. But no, 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 no. Don't go there so fast. Back up. And don't go down that path. For he says these words, I go to prepare a place for you that where I am you may be also. And then he tells them, he tells them that he's going to make his home with them. He tells them, be happy I'm leaving, for I have been with you, but I shall be in you. And the works that I do, greater than these you shall do, because even though I have been with you, I am now going to be in you. See, that's not talking about heaven. That's talking about the incredible miracle that God was going to take the model. He was going to take the shadow and the copy, and he was going to turn and make us his tabernacle. We were going to be able to now be the residents of God's holy presence. Now, let me give you just a little bit of a fear so that you can have a little bit of joy and how amazing this is that we have the holies of holies right here. I read to you that in the Old Testament, only one priest could go once a year into the holies of holies. Historians say that because if it wasn't done perfectly, the priest would die once he made contact, when humanity made contact with divinity. That they would put a rope around their ankle so that if things weren't handled perfectly and he died, they could pull him out. The priest wore Bells on the bottom of their robes. They were the first to wear bell bottoms. <laughs> and that was so <laughs> that when they followed the pattern, they could follow. They got the rope and they could hear jingle, 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 and then into the holy place. Jingle, jingle. Pause. Wait for it. Take a deep breath. The priest is saying, I've waited my whole life for this moment. I'm about to enter into the holies of holies. Almighty God and I are about to make divine connection. This will only happen once. If I didn't do everything right, if the blood's not right, if everything hadn't been perfect, I'm going to be dead because when humanity meets with divinity, unless there's a mediator between us, it does not work. It's too powerful. It's like touching powerful electrical circuits. You can't do it. And he pauses and then he picks up and they can hear the jingle and he goes into the small 15 by 15 holies of holies where there is the Ark of the Covenant with the Ten Commandments and the pot of uh, manna and Aaron's uh, budded rod and he steps in there and holds his breath 
And then all of a sudden, jingle, 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 jingle. Hey, they're all saying, he made it. It's all good. Their sins were never remitted. Their sins, the interest was paid. It was like a credit card. All right, we paid the interest. The principal remained. But when Jesus Christ came, he took our sins. And not only did he pay the entrance so that we would have no longer guilt, but he would actually remove and wash away our sins, past, present, and future. When you walked in here today, you walked into the presence of God that was more powerful than what Moses experienced. When you were worshiping and raising your hand, you were getting access to something of which the priest in the Old Testament never had. In fact, Jesus said it this way. King David and all of the prophets desired to have what you and I had this morning. But could not. Even the angels wished that they could have access to what we were doing today when we said, Oh, magnify the Lord. We were stepping in to the most holy of holies. Everything God is, is made available to us through his Holy Spirit. And an awareness of that is the only veil that separates us from the manifestation of that becoming real in our lives. Capture that. Because in a few moments, I'm going to ask the Holy Spirit to come up on all of us. And in those few sacred moments, in just a few moments, you're going to feel the Holy Spirit that's right here that led you here today. You're going to feel the Holy Spirit that allowed you to say Jesus is Lord and mean it. You're going to feel the Holy Spirit that God gives to all of his believers. And you're going to feel the Holy Spirit come up on you. And when you do, I want you to see yourself walking through the gate of the external, the tent of the internal, and stepping into the most sacred moment with God in you, the eternal. You see, the external is your environment that you create. The Holy Spirit will not reveal himself in an atmosphere of which he's not comfortable. So you see, you have to take responsibility for your external atmosphere. You can't just take your Holy Spirit anywhere, and you can't just expect the Holy Spirit to manifest at any time. You have to create an external atmosphere that the Holy Spirit is comfortable in releasing his grace to you, releasing his presence to you. This is where you have to take responsibility. Now, ironically, you need to see yourself as someone who has a responsibility. You know, in the NBA, they called it a bubble. They, they made everybody get in a bubble. In other words, they were to be in a controlled environment at all times to keep this virus from affecting them. I want you to see, uh, let me give you some for your imagination. I want you to see about a 10-foot tall beach ball that's clear. Can you see it in your mind? If you do, give me a signal. Can you see it? It's big. It's a beach ball. It's clear. Now I want you to see yourself going inside of it and then saying, this is my bubble. This is my world. This is my controlled atmosphere. I will not be controlled by that which I cannot control. For this is my sphere. Now think about the six-foot distancing that we've heard so much about that I'm about to get nauseated. Think about the six-foot sphere that says, 
Nobody's sneezing on me. Nobody's spitting on me. Nobody's getting into my world without me first putting up a gate and granting permission for what comes in. Are you tracking with me right now? See, if we don't do this, the Holy Spirit will not release and engage his presence in our life. We have to set the Holy Spirit. When the Holy Spirit first fell on the day of Pentecost, listen carefully, where did it fall first? Where did the Holy Spirit fall first? Not upon them. It filled the room where they were sitting. So the first thing that's going to happen is you're going to enter his gates with thanksgiving. You're going to get your mindset right. And you're going to create, an, and it doesn't matter if it's the midnight hour in Acts the 16th chapter, and you've been beat for three or four hours. And Silas is your partner, and you're about to be overcome by hell and external pressure. You say, we're going to sing, and we're going to worship, and we're going to give God some praise because this is our world. We control this environment. This is us ruling our atmosphere. This is... <laughs> this is Jesus saying, clear the temple. Get out. Get out. Get out. Get out. This is my temple. This is the house of God. This is Jesus walking into a room with people that are mocking and crying. People that are obsessed with their own, with their own overextended grief that had nothing to do with the actual person. This is Jesus walking in saying, get out. Get out, get out. This is Jesus saying to Simon Peter when he gets emotional. When Jesus says, I'm going to go to Jerusalem and I'm going to die. And Peter says, no, you won't. You're my friend. I won't let you. This is Jesus saying, get thee behind me. Because I got an atmosphere I got to control. And I can't let people come in this gate. I can't let thoughts come into this gate. The internal is your thoughts, your will, and your emotions. So the Holy Spirit looks for you to create an external environment that is safe, that is undistracted. And then you must get your soul, which is your thoughts, your memories, and your imagination. And you must bring them into order. You must allow your memories to be sanctified. You must allow your memories to become purified. Whatsoever things are pure and good, good report, think on these things. You must let your imagination be led by faith and not by fear. And through your soul realm of thoughts, your imagination and your memories create the realm of your thoughts of which when you follow the protocol, the Holy Spirit is ready to release who he is and what you need in your life. You take the will that you have, your willpower. The greatest force that man has is the power of choice. Many people call it the, the free will, but it's not free. Every choice has a consequence. And when you will to bless the Lord, when you will to give God praise, when you will to set up the gate of the external, when you will grab your thoughts and your emotions and bring them under captivity then your soul has now become a bridge to connect from the external into the eternal. Right there, waiting, waiting, waiting for that divine connection when heaven and earth kiss and you're in the middle of it. Many people enter his gates with thanksgiving. 
few linger in his courts with praise. But ultimately, when you come to the holies of holies, it's just a table for two. God and you. And in a few moments, I'm going to give you your first taste. For some of you, I'm going to invite you back to a renewed refreshing for an opportunity to say the external has been wonderful. Love the music. Love the professionalism. Love the passion and the purity and the innocence. Love that all my brothers and sisters are with me. And you go from the external into the internal, until your mind becomes subject to the things of God. And you clear your mind, and you clear your head, and you clear your thoughts. And you grab a hold of every thought that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. And you bring that under submission. And when, when you do, God says, come with me now. This is between me and you. Because you can't all go into the holies of holies as a group. It's made only for one. You and God. And in that moment when the Holy Spirit comes up upon you, you will see the external fade. You will sense the internal bowing. And you will step into that holy place. And when you get there, you'll know, this is where I belong. This is where I came from. This is why I received my first baptism at nine years old. Did I understand theology? No. Was I a good boy? But in simple faith, I recognized that if I could create the right atmosphere. And I remember one time praying and I could visualize myself. You see, to be spirit-filled, you need an imagination. Actually, to be a worshiper, you need imagination. If all you do is close your eyes and raise your hand and your imagination is not engaged, you're just going through motions. You have to see the Lord high and lift it up. You have to see the cross when you're feeling condemned and shamed. You have to engage your imagination in order to awaken and to connect you to that holy moment that you can have access to. And I was coming by the, the sacrificial altar, and I was about ready to make a sacrificial offering when I could feel my hands touching a body. And as I touched it, I was reminded, that's the sacrifice of Christ. Once and for all, move along. There's nothing for you to do. Oh, you didn't catch that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was raised pretty legalistic. I was raised that uh, you could lose your salvation every week. I got saved every Sunday night. You all come back tonight, you're going to get saved again. <laughs> but to recognize that Christ became the ultimate sacrifice once and for all, and all I need to do is when I pass the altar, I just need to say, thank you, Jesus. And then I proceed boldly, boldly. Because any other access to God that is not bold is an insult to his grace. Mm, let me say that again. I thought we'd be friends enough. I wouldn't preach long enough to get you to maybe trust me. Yeah. See, whenever you think it's something good you've got to do to earn the Holy Spirit, you're already off course the pattern is mixed up. You're never going to get there. 
God forbid that you do because then you'll think it was your works that got there. The first thing that needs to happen to be spirit-filled is to recognize that Jesus is constantly intercessing, interceding for you, absorbing your mistakes and your sins, both the sin of commission, and that's all the stuff you do wrong, and the sins of omission, the stuff you should have done you didn't do. My God, we could spend our whole life apologizing to God. And that's just for what we did wrong. No, no. You recognize that Christ absorbed all of that. And now you have access to the holy presence of God. As you get past the mind, you get past the will, you get past your emotions. And now your spirit comes in contact with that which it was created to do. And that is to be in God's presence. For God dwells in you. You are the tabernacle that God dwells in. Father, today is a day that you're going to shift things in our lives. Today, we mark our calendars as a day that our minds shifted, our hearts became enlightened and we began to understand in part the pattern to your presence. Oh, I didn't know. I didn't know I was the temple of God. I didn't know that what Moses had on the mountain was not even worthy to be compared to what I have inside me. I did not know, preacher. I did not know that God has chosen to live in me. That his holy presence is behind the veil of every breath I breathe. Oh, preacher, I did not know how close the Holy Spirit was to me. How close the Holy Spirit wants to be through me. Oh, I think I'm grasping external, create a safe environment. Take control over my external world. I am not a thermometer. I am a thermostat. I am not a victim of the craziness going on in our country. I live in a world of which, whether you put me on an island and boil me to death like John of Patmos, or whether you put me in a prison cell at the midnight hour, I control my external atmosphere. I rule the air. As I surrender my emotions and my will and my imagination and my thoughts and my memories under the presence of Almighty God, then I make that divine connection. In my last verse, and thank you, for your patience and hearing my teaching today. But put on the screen, please, Ephesians 5, because this is where we are today and this is where we are tonight. The Bible says this, and therefore, heartland, awake, you who sleep. And I'm not condemning you, I'm just saying, sleep mode for the Holy Spirit comes by default. Not even by design. It just goes there. It's like your phone. It just goes there. Awake! Arise from the dead! 
And Christ will give you light. See then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time for the days are evil. Do I need to say that for you to understand how true that is? Can I say it again? And then you give me an amen or a nod, redeeming the time because the days are evil? Yeah. Well, how? What do I do? Don't be unwise, but heartland, understand when all this is going on, what do you want me to do? This is the will of God. Understand what the will is. Don't be drunk on wine where there is excess. No. Don't want you to be under the control of that. No. But be under the influence of the Holy Spirit. How? Uh, I, I know I have the Holy Spirit. You said that I couldn't come to God unless I had the Holy Spirit. I couldn't say Jesus is Lord but by the Holy Spirit. Every believer has his spirit. Then how am I filled? Well, you speak to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, making melody in your heart, external, internal, eternal. That's the pattern. Giving thanks always for all things to God the Father in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Would you like to receive a a touch from the Holy Spirit this morning? If you would, I'd like you to get your hands just like this and get comfortable and turn them like mine. And I just want you to be postured for heaven to just whisper in your heart. I just want you to be postured for the brush of angels' wings to come by and make you aware of his presence. I just want you to taste and see that the Lord, he is good. This is what you need. You can't have a 43-year marriage without being filled with the Spirit. It's not possible. We're too selfish to live that kind of covenant life. But if you're filled with the Spirit, you can. You can't live in a world that we're living where everybody's turning against each other and so much division, so much pain, so much hurt, so much anxiety, so much stress, so much ripping each other apart. You cannot live that way. It will ultimately get through your skin and get into your head and separate you from your gift. No, be filled with the Holy Spirit. Now look at me, every eye on me, if you don't mind. And I'm not trying to manipulate you or tell you what to do. I just want to be your coach and get you ready for a touch of the Holy Spirit. So just watch me as your hands are like this. If you can get them cupped, don't keep them like this. Because the Bible says we lift our hearts with our hands. So I want you to see your hands are signaling to God, my heart is open. My heart is open. So there, right there, yeah? Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Now, some of you have pain. Problems, guilt, shame, anger, anxiety, confusion, works of darkness that are really intimidating you. I want you to let them go because the Holy Spirit needs you to empty, to clear up, clear out. So watch me. Eyes on me, right? I'm trying to help you. Hands like this. Are you ready? Turn your hands and let everything that's dark Everything that's painful, everything that is not of God, everything that hurts you, 
bothers you, separates you from being who God made you to be, let it go. Let it go. Yes. And now, turn your hands back over. I'm going to ask God to do what he did through the apostles in Acts 8, and that is the apostles came to a church and they just had this gift to speak the baptism of the Holy Spirit and people that were doing everything else right but just weren't making that connection. It would happen. So I'm going to say a prayer, and it goes like this. Lord, baptize your people in the Holy Spirit and let your Holy Spirit come up on them. So it's already there. It's going to come up. You're going to feel a witness of it, and then it's going to come on you. It's going to be like a river of living water that rises up, and then it's going to be like rain showering down. It's going to be a beautiful witness that what I speak of today is real. Mm. Thank you for your presence, Lord. When the Holy Spirit comes up, up on you, then what I want you to do, and I want you to keep it right here. Watch me. I want you to keep it right here. It's between you and God. This is not for the person next to you. It's not for the person next to you or behind you to hear. This is just between you and God. This is your closet. This is your 15 by 15 space. This is your holy moment with God, you and God. And when you feel the Holy Spirit come up on you, then I want you to say the most beautiful word that says it all. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Only don't say it from your throat. Say it from down here. There's an ah down there. The Bible says we cry ah. Everybody say ah. That sounds funny, right? Ah. See, that's it. Hallelujah. You say that two or three times, and when you do, you're going to, you're going to sense the baptism of the Holy Spirit, and God's going to fill you. Amen? So, are you ready? Let's just take a few moments. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Now, as a servant of God, as someone who comes to churches to help them shift and step into a fresh new season, by that authority, I humbly speak these words to you. Receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Mm. 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 Hallelujah. You feel the Holy Spirit? A witness of the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Mm. Now, stop for a second. I'm going to do it again. I just wanted everybody to see what we do. All right? That's what we do. We're just allowing the Holy Spirit to come. I'm going to do it again, and when I do, when I say... And I release that, just like they did in Acts 8. Receive the Holy Spirit. Then I want you just to let the Holy Spirit come up on you. 
get a witness of his presence that's there. It's going to come up out of you. You're going to feel the witness of the presence of God. And when you do acknowledge it by, just like it says, singing to yourself hymns, spiritual songs, hallelujah, hallelujah. And just do that two or three times. And as you do, that's when you're going to get a witness and that's when you're going to receive the first touch of his baptism that he wants to renew. Some of you, it's been a while. It's been weeks and months and years. So let this renewed, refreshing happen to you now. All right? So you use your hands as your heart. Lord Jesus, thank you that you love us. Thank you that you have given us access to really heaven on earth. Thank you for the Holy Spirit that I'm asking you now to come up and upon all your people and let the baptism of the Holy Spirit now become manifested in each child, man, woman, person here today. Receive the Holy Spirit baptism in Jesus' name. Mm. <laughs> mm. Mm. If you feel a witness, let the hallelujah come out. If you feel a witness of the Holy Spirit, hallelujah. Amen. You feel a witness of the Holy Spirit? Open up your mouth. Hallelujah. Mm. Let me see your hand if you feel that the Holy Spirit has come upon you this morning. Let me see your hand if you feel that has happened to you. Don't be ashamed. Just lift your hand. You feel the Holy Spirit has come upon you. Beautiful. Beautiful. Amen. Hey, let's all raise our hands for a moment and just thank the Lord for what he's doing. Would you do that? Just say, thank you, Jesus. Man, I feel the presence of God so beautiful here. So beautiful here. Mmm. Mm. 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 Just about 20 more seconds. Just the Holy Spirit is saying, Phil, I'm filling them. I'm filling them. Mm. 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 
is going to change your life. This is going to make everything change for you. It's going to revolutionize the way you think, the way you react. This is going to release things inside you you didn't even know you had. This will change everything for you, including many of you that have just no condemnation, but just have drifted from this gift. And now you feel, why? I, I never wanted to get far away from this. And now you feel your heart pounding after the water broke as a deer pants after the water. So your soul, you feel it reaching. Oh, God, I thank you. I thank you for your presence. Thank you for your baptism that you're giving me. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Hallelujah. 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 Mm. It's so rich. I, we're going to have time tonight, but I just, I just, I'm sensitive of the time, but I'm, I feel such, the, such a pure, innocent, holy moment that we've stepped into. Hmm. Hmm. I feel very strong in my spirit of young people that have become deeply troubled and I would never embarrass you, but I, I see images in my mind of things that you're doing and thoughts that you're having and battles you're fighting that no one knows, and they're very, very, very destructive, and they're hurting you. And somehow you've welcomed that hurt, and the Lord says, that's going to stop, and my Holy Spirit is going to come and give you power that you will never again be tormented by those thoughts in the name of Jesus. Somebody say, thank you, Jesus. Mm, 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 mm. Thank you, Lord. 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 Thank you. Thank you, Lord.
Amen. Now, let me just say this. The last thing that will happen to you when you come into a renewed baptism or when you come into your first experience of the baptism of the Holy Spirit, the last thing will happen is that you'll, you'll say hallelujah because that's the best word to use to praise God. It, it's, a, it's a heavenly praise word, hallelujah. The last thing that will happen as you're being baptized in the Holy Spirit is that you'll get a heavenly language. Sometimes it's just one or two words. And you'll feel like you want to stop it like, oh, oh, that's weird. That's not me. And you're exactly right. It's not you. But you will speak it. And when that happens and those two or three words come out and you'll stop it at first and then you go back into the hallelujah and then it'll come out again and just relax with it because that's the final veil that breaks that allows you to get past your head and get to the place where it's spirit and spirit. And it'll be the most beautiful connection that you've ever had with God. And you, the moment it happens, you're like, why did I not do this before? And why have not been living in this like this? You'll immediately feel at home. You'll immediately feel like I was made to do this. Right now, you just got to get past that veil. It's right there. So... Throughout the day today, when you're laughing, when you're eating, when you're praying, when you're having a good time, I want you to be thinking about, all right, the Holy Spirit is up on me, and and I want to be now ready for God to manifest that baptism. So tonight, we're going to preach a little bit, and then we're going to minister. We're going to lay hands on people and pray and prophesy. And this is what the Holy Spirit does. When the Holy Spirit's at work, He gives words of wisdom. He's going to give you... supernatural understanding of things tonight. There's going to be a release of the prophetic word. And we're going to pray with people because this is all part of what our job is to do today. It's just to say today's the day for the Holy Spirit to do a great work. It'll be a very powerful night tonight. And, and if you have that longing and that hunger, if you don't, don't worry about it. There's no pressure, no intimidation. The most important thing for you to grasp And that is to recognize that this is your moment. This is God. And this is a work of the Spirit, not the work of any man. This is not hype. This is not manipulation. This is a true, holy, sacred day for us today. And so just keep it in the back of your mind. And then tonight, there'll be many of you that will break through and get the manifestation of your baptism. And it'll be a a game changer for you. It'll be wonderful. Now, just do me one more favor, if you don't mind. You've been so kind. Just use your hands one more time and just lift it up above your head, if you can, if you can. Get it above. There you go. There you go. See that image? That image is now, get my hand, get my heart above my head. Father, thank you for today. Thank you for your word. Thank you that you have come to us today. Thank you for the baptism of the Holy Spirit that has come, already awakening, already stirring, already making yourself known in us. And Lord, we just thank you in advance that tonight will be a night of signs and wonders and turnarounds and miracles. Oh, you love us so much that you're going to show your power to us in a way that's going to change us forever. And I'd like you to ask to join me right now in giving God the greatest praise you can. Clap your hands. Give the Lord a hallelujah. Come on. 
You feel what God is up to? Go ahead. Come on, go ahead. Give them praise. We are stepping into a new season and a new day. you feel the presence of God in this place right now? I'm telling you, there's... So let me, let me tell you what we're headed towards tonight. And Pastor Phil said it so well. He's already described what the night is going to be about. We don't normally do these, but just in this season, in my own personal prayer time, I have felt so strong a push to ask God for the supernatural and for his presence in our lives. How many of you are desperate for the presence of God right now? This week, I was, I, I was kind of following my daily routine, and I do it all the time where I, I go on and I, I try to keep updated about what's going on in the world. I think it was Tuesday or Wednesday this week, and, and for the first time in a while, I just felt overwhelmed reading it. You know what I mean? And I felt the Holy Spirit speak to me and say, stop looking at this right now. Because there's so much negativity in your life right now. Everything around you is negative. Church should be the one place in your life that you go to get filled up every week. And I just, I've been saying, God, I don't want to have church without your power. It's easy to come into a church and sit in a seat and sit there for an hour and a half and do it to check a box. I've been saying to the Lord, Lord, I want encounters with your presence. And that's what tonight is about, okay? I'm just going to tell you in advance. Now, some of you have never been in that kind of a setting before. But I'm telling you, remember what I said a couple of weeks ago when I set all this up, when we preached on the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is not weird, okay? The Holy Spirit is refreshing. Something about when you're in these kind of settings, you don't want to leave them. Like you just get, you're like, why do I feel such peace right now? Why do I feel, I feel like I'm in meditation right now? No, no, no. That's what all the world tries to make it. It's, you can't duplicate what is the very essence and the presence of the living God. When you get into his presence, there is peace for your life, everybody. And you need his peace. And I want you to come tonight at 6, and I want you to just believe with me. Say, well, Dusty, we got school going on. Listen, I know all that. I know you got all that stuff. But you need this to help you with all that. <laughs> and you can't do all that without this in your life. And so come join us tonight. We're going to be praying for people, anointing people, laying hands on people. I'm telling you, it's going to be a great time of worship, and I want to see what God is going to do. So, Father, in the name of Jesus, I'm asking right now that you just prepare our hearts for what you want to do. And I thank you in advance as people go to lunch today and as they get ready for what you're going to do tonight. Let them come back and let them believe God for the supernatural in their lives. And we thank you for it tonight in Jesus' name. Come on, say amen with me today. Now, listen, today's baptism Sunday. Our baptism team is out in the hallway. We normally do this the third Sunday of every month. We'd love for you, if you've never been water baptized, it's the second of the third baptisms, or the three baptisms. We're talking about the third today. But if you've never been water baptized, today is your day. Meet Paul and our team at our table today. We'd love to make that happen with you in your life today. Here's what we're going to do. Because of the time right now, we're going to go ahead and dismiss. Let you be about your way. We love you so much. Our team's going to sing you out today and then come back at 6 o'clock tonight 
and let's see what God wants to do. I love you guys. Those of you watching online, we love you. We'll see you tonight. God bless everybody.